Magandang araw po sa inyong lahat. I praise God again for the opportunity to study His Word, God's Word with you today. Alam niyo po, isa sa mga namimiss ko sa worship service is yung ating praise and worship. Uh, I really miss the time where together as a family, as God's children, I miss the times when we sing praises and worship to our Lord. So before we begin, can we start with a worship song? Would you join me as uh, we sing this, this song unto the Lord?
strength is failing The end draws near And my time has come Still my soul will sing your praise unending Ten thousand years and then pray. Our Heavenly Father, our loving, gracious, merciful God, we thank you once more for giving us another day to freely worship you, to freely praise you, and now to listen to your word. We ask that through your Holy Spirit that is at work in us and through us, allow us to understand your words, inspire us, teach us, shepherd us, minister to us through your words. We pray that you would give us comfort, give us knowledge, and most especially strengthen our faith our fear, and our love of you as we study your scriptures today. All things we ask and submit to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Known as Psalm 145, David wrote the first of the last final five songs recorded in the book of Psalms affirming God's attributes that were revealed through His mighty, 
glorious and wonderful works as they have witnessed historically and experienced as a nation, Israel. Let us all together read aloud Psalm 145, verses 1 to 13. Let us read all together. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and highly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. Men shall speak of the power of your awesome acts, and I will tell of your greatness. They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness, and I will shout joyfully of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all, and His mercies are over all His works. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power, to make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Praise God for the reading of His Word. In Psalm 145, David exhorts that God's character and acts were the reasons why he is worshipped and praised. So I have entitled this first part, of a two-Sunday message as praise God for who He is and for what He has done, based in Psalms 145. Now, in verses 1 and 2, David personally praised God as king every day. He declared that he would praise His name forever and ever. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. Verse 1, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. David declares that even if he was the reigning king of the Israelites during this time, that he may have composed this song. There was and is a higher king that rules and reigns over him. Indeed, God is Lord of lords. God is king of kings. God is the king of all earthly kings. David simply acknowledged that God is sovereign. God rules and reigns over the heavens, the earth, the entire universe, 
And David bows to God as his king. David says, I will extol you. The word extol also means lift up. He wanted to lift up God. He says, I will extol you, my God, O King. Now, who says that we cannot have a personal relationship with God? David calls God my King, his King. David also says, I will bless, or in other translations, I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day, I will bless you. Now, the Hebrews, in a theological perspective, they believed in the power of spoken blessings. Just as the sons would desire that their fathers would give their blessings, bestow their blessings upon them, just like Esau and Jacob waiting for the blessing of their father Isaac, these Hebrews, they expect power and favor in those spoken words. So when we say or when we sing, Bless the Lord, O my soul, we are actually verbally praising the Lord. We are praising His name. And in a powerful and victorious way, we are simply praising God. Now, David also declares that he will extol God and that he will bless God and praise his name every day and forever and ever. There could have been two contexts of the phrase forever and ever. One context is a literary exaggeration of not only a daily praising, but also a constant, a consistent, a continuous moment-to-moment -moment praising of God. Now, another meaning could be that forever and ever means praising God in eternity. I believe that the string that connects these two Possible contexts would be permanence. David declared of his commitment to always, or should I say, to permanently praise God all the days of his life, all the days of his earthly and heavenly life. As an application, let us individually praise God every day. Let us individually praise God every day. We cannot and we should not worship God just once a week, just every Sunday or Saturday or any given day in a week. We cannot worship the Lord just in a few hours in a week or perhaps in a day. Praising and worshiping God is an integral part of an authentic Christian, an authentic Christian's lifestyle. There must be a constant 
there must be a consistent, a continuous, moment-to-moment desire and intentional act of praising God. So, perhaps you are asking, how do we praise God? We can praise Him as we pray. In our prayers, we can verbally declare our praise, our worship to the Lord. We can praise Him through songs and music. Psalms 33 verses 1 to 3 says, Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyres. Give, sing praises to Him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. So we can praise God through the book of Psalms. Let's just choose the songs, the chapters of the Psalms that gives praise to God. So we can praise God through our prayer. We can praise God through songs and music. We can also praise God through the works of our hands as we do household chores, as we do business or work in the office. Although maybe most of us right now may not be working in home, in our house, in our homes, we can, we can praise God as we do things. We can praise God as we live out holy lives, as we obey Him. We can also praise God as we give sacrificially our offering to Him, to His church, or to His community of believers. Three more things about praising God. First, praising God is a privilege and a blessing. It is out of God's grace that we are able to praise Him. Of course, we know that God doesn't need our praises, right? He is God, and He is Lord, and He is King, even if we do not praise Him. But God, out of His grace, out of His mercy, He gives us that wonderful opportunity, that wonderful privilege to praise Him. God created us and gave us a mind, a heart, a mouth, a voice, a body that can praise Him. And so, God blessed us and gave this wonderful privilege for us to be able to praise Him. Second, our triune God wants us, His people, to praise Him. Yes, God wants us to praise Him. It is God's will for us to praise and worship Him and Him alone. The first two commandments He gave to the Israelites and 
universally to everyone today through Moses in Exodus chapter 20, where number one, not to have any other gods before him. Second, not to make an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven or earth and not to worship them or serve them. We are to praise and worship God alone, not anything made by men nor anyone, not even ourselves. So if you're seeking God's will and purpose in your life, maybe you're asking, Lord, what is your will? What do you want me to do? Here's one answer. God wants you and me. He wants us to worship Him, to praise Him every day and for eternity. So praising God is both an act of faith and an act of obedience to His will. Thirdly, praising God is a natural response of someone who received God's mercy. It's a natural response of someone who receives God's grace, God's love, and God's forgiveness. It's a natural response of someone who receives favor, especially from the Lord. And so, there is nothing to be ashamed of in praising the Lord. There should be no hesitations. There should be no second thoughts or feeling of awkwardness in lifting our hands before God, in raising our voices, in singing, in shouting, in dancing, in playing musical instruments. There should be no shame and shyness in praising God. It is a natural response of someone who receives the Holy Spirit. It is a natural response of someone who fears, and listen to this, and loves God. It is a natural response of someone who believes in Jesus and who trusts Him and in Him fully. And so whenever we praise the Lord, we are declaring our faith and our obedience to Him. So let us intentionally set aside, schedule a time of praising and worshiping God in a day-to-day -day basis, in a moment-to-moment -moment, uh, basis, consistently, constantly, continuously. We should also expect that we will praise God. We will praise Him. We will praise His name for eternity. As a doctor here on earth, would I expect to treat a sick patient in heaven? Would I be doing surgery in the afterlife? I believe I will not. 
But one thing that I am sure of, sure of doing for eternity, and that is like David, I will be praising and worshiping God forever and ever. So like David, let us commit to praise our triune God. Let us praise God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, God the Holy Spirit, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, every day and for the rest of our earthly and heavenly life. Second, God's greatness is declared from one generation to the next. His divine acts are made known and proclaimed. In verse 3, David answers the question, Why do we praise God? He answers this question when he writes, Great is the Lord and highly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. God's greatness is unsearchable. Another word for unsearchable is unlimited. God's greatness is unlimited. God's greatness is seen in His creation. As we look up, we see the stars, we see the moon, the whole universe. God's greatness is felt in the cool breeze of the wind and in the warmth of the sun. God's greatness is seen in our ecosystem. It is seen in biology in the human body, in the human anatomy and physiology. God's greatness is seen in the biochemistry of life. God's greatness is also seen in history, in philosophy, in mathematics, and in psychology. God's greatness is seen in both the arts and in the sciences. So we can see that God's greatness is unsearchable. God's greatness is unlimited. Now, God's greatness is also not exclusive. God's greatness is not exclusive in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. It was not exclusive to the patriarchs of the Old Testament or in Joseph, or in the prophets. God's greatness is not exclusive to the early disciples, the early followers of Jesus, or to the apostles, nor to the characters in the New Testament. God's greatness extends to our time today. God's greatness can be seen in the past. It can be seen today in our present time. And God's greatness can also be seen in the future. Such is the greatness of our Lord. 
Now, God's greatness also endures forever. God's greatness is seen through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who is fully God. Imagine becoming 100% man. So Christ's greatness is seen in his death on the cross and on his resurrection from the grave and on his ascension to the right hand of God. The Holy Spirit's greatness can also be seen in the changed lives of people. We cannot limit and we cannot minimize God's greatness, God's power into some amulets or maybe charms or any graven image. God's greatness extends beyond the physical world that he created. It extends to the spiritual realms where God continues to rule and to reign. Verse 4 says, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. It is actually God's command for the Israelites to teach to their children who God is and what he has done for them as a people and as a nation. Parents, Israelite parents, they were expected to share and to teach this to their children and even to their children's children. Verse 5 on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. Now we can see here that David's praising God is a balance of his external verbalizing, declaring, praising God. It's a balance of his external and his internal actions, meditating on the glorious splendor, the majestic and wonderful works of God. David's praising of God is a balance between declaring his praises unto God verbally and meditating on God's glorious splendor, majestic and wonderful works. Now David continues with a prophetic tone this time in verses 6 and 7 when he writes men which is an allusion to the Jews and perhaps the Gentiles. Verse 6, men shall speak of the power of your awesome in other translations Terrible acts. So verse 6, men shall speak of the power of your awesome acts. Verse 7, they shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully 
in other Bible translations, sing of your righteousness. Now, what are these terrible and awesome acts of God? His terrible and awesome acts of goodness and righteousness. Now, one that immediately comes to my mind is the great flood during Noah's time, which I believe was written in Genesis chapter 6 to 8. Now, in that narrative, God killed the people because their hearts became evil. They became corrupt and they became wicked in the eyes of God. And so he sent a flood to kill the people, all the inhabitants of the earth. That is God's righteousness. That is God's holiness. You can even say that is God's wrath on the wicked people. But God is also good. God is also merciful. He preserved the family of Noah so that through Noah, as he graciously tells Noah to build an ark and bring inside a pair of every living creature, God, out of his goodness, he would preserve man and creatures. Another story of God's righteousness and God's uh, awesome power and his terrible act is the time when God killed all the firstborn child or children in the household of the Egyptians. And we can, we can read in that portion of uh, in, the, in Exodus, that out of God's holiness, out of God, God's righteousness and his wrath and his judgment, he killed the firstborn children. Now, he also showed his goodness, his kindness, his grace and his mercy. When he tells to the Israelites that they would paint in their doorposts, uh, a, the, the blood of a sacrificed, unblemished lamb or goat, so that when the angel of the Lord passes over in that in those houses, he would save them and he would preserve them. So God and His acts would really show his true nature. He is an awesome God, yet he is also a good God. As applications to this, one we can share. Let us share first of what God has done as recorded in the Bible to our children. Let's share to our children what God has done as written in the Bible. Let's share to our loved ones, our friends, and in our community. And then extend to 
what and how God specifically called us through Christ and how the Holy Spirit is changing us according to Christ-likeness. Several days ago, during our morning sun exposure and walking with my wife, Lay and our kids, uh, since uh, the enhanced community quarantine was uh, given, we started to go out every day in the morning to walk around uh, our, uh, our neighborhood. And one day I was able to share with them how God, through the Holy Spirit, changed me from inside out to who I am right now. We know, they know, you may know that I am not perfect. Yet God, out of His grace, out of His mercy, and out of His love, He saved me through Christ. And He even changed my worldly perspective. God is indeed good. Now, if someone is sharing their testimony of God's goodness, this time as hearers, as we hear them, let us listen with intent. Let us listen and learn as other people would experientially tell of God's goodness to them. Let us listen on how God called them and, and changed their lives and how God gave them new life. Now, because of the home quarantine that the government directed and is now still implementing, these two applications, uh, sharing uh, God and what He has done and listening to others what God has done to their lives and to them, these two can be done in the context of our own family devotions. We may gather around together our children, our siblings, our parents, and study the Word of God, share the Word of God, discover God's actions, God's acts, and what He has done, and then discuss this, and then talk about it, or maybe through online, through online growth group and fellowship. Praise God for technology. Uh, at such a time like we have right now, our growth group continues to, we continue to meet every Saturday via online. And today you are watching this uh, via online. So we can regularly update each other, share and listen to one another, hear each other's blessings and thanksgivings uh, online, just like what we do during our growth group uh, meetings and fellowship. And much more, we can even pray for one another. 
via online. So may I encourage you, if you're doing this already, keep doing it. Let's meet via online and let's share the Word of God and let's listen to the Word of God online. Third and final point, God's grace, mercy, loving kindness, and goodness are for all. God's grace, His mercy, His loving kindness, His goodness, these are for everyone. God's people speaks of His glorious everlasting kingdom and His dominion through all generations. Let's look at verses 8 to 13. Verses 8 to 9, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all, and His mercies are over all His works. God is gracious and God is merciful. We deserve to be punished. Because of our sins, we deserve to be punished and to be executed and to die. Yet, because God is gracious and God is merciful, He gives us even undeservingly new life and eternal life in heaven. God is slow to anger. Are you quick in anger? Are you easily provoked as a parent, uh, as parents, or as a father or a mother? Maybe you are quick to be angry with your children, or as a neighbor, you are quick to be angry at your neighbor, or as a citizen, you are quick to be angry to who the president or the vice president, especially if uh, you are in the opposition uh, or you have a you you particularly support uh, politically one caller. So, are we easily angered? Now, the Bible says the Lord is slow to anger. He's patient with us. Though we disobey Him, though we rebel against Him, though we neglect Him most of the time, we ignore Him most of our time, God is slow to anger. He is great in loving kindness. He is compassionate. He is tender and He is good to all. Yes, He is good to everyone. Now, I'm excited to share with you the second half of this message, but that will be next Sunday. That will be verses 14 to 21 of Psalms 145. This is the portion where David, David would write more of God's goodness to all. I hope to see you next Sunday. Verses 10 to 13. 
All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall bless you. Godly ones. In other Bible translation, saints. Saints. You and I are the saints. David is not pertaining to the dead people. He's not pertaining to those who cannot speak and those who cannot give thanks anymore because they're dead. He's talking here of the godly ones, the saints, his people, God's people. Verse 10 again, all your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. To make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. As a final application, God's grace, mercy, His loving kindness, and His goodness is expressed. It was expressed through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, He died on the cross. And on the third day, He resurrected from the grave. He resurrected from death to pay for the penalty of our sin, which is spiritual death and eternal separation from God. Romans 3.23, all the apostle writes and says that we are all sinners. All have sinned and fell short at the glory of God. And in Romans 6.23, he further writes that all sin, the penalty, the wages of sin is death. And so Paul is saying that just even one sin, it has enough weight for God to punish us. And because God is righteous and God is holy, he needs and he should and he must punish our sins. And so the payment just for one sin, imagine, is death. Not just physical death where our organs, our internal organs would stop. It's not just spirit, it's not just physical death, but spiritual death, an eternal separation. From God as we will be thrown into the lake of fire. Yet God is also merciful. He is just at the same time. Yet He is loving and He is gracious and He is kind. And so Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God Take note, it's a gift from God. It's free. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ 
who is 100% God, became 100% man so that he could die on the cross, so that he would be able to pay the penalty of our sin. And so that because of his resurrection, we can be reconciled to God and we can receive forgiveness and we can receive the Holy Spirit. And just like a free gift, we can receive eternal life. You know, the act of receiving has something to do with faith. Yes, it is connected with faith. Just imagine someone, or like for example, a doctor giving you a prescription for uh, an illness. And so he writes a prescription and tells you to buy this med medicine and tells you how to take it, when to take it. Now, will you obey your doctor? Would you follow his instructions? Yes. Because of what? Because you believed him. Because out of faith, you know and you trusted your doctor that what he has given you is good for you. And it will help you. And it would even cure your sickness. And so, just like a doctor, God is offering eternal life. Eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so, how do we receive this? We receive Jesus Christ, eternal life, forgiveness of our sins by faith. Now, last Sunday, I talked about faith as part of a coin. And on its flip side is repentance. Yes, the Bible speaks that we are to repent of our sins. We are to turn our back from our sin. Make a 180 degree turn so that we can walk with the Lord. It is by faith that we are saved. And that is through His grace. And it's not out of our own good works so that we can boast of it. God is gracious. God is loving. God is merciful. God is compassionate. He is even slow to anger. He is tender. Yet, God is also just. And so He gave Jesus. And it is only through Christ that God's holiness, that God's justice, and God's loving kindness, God's grace and mercy meet. It is through the cross. It is through the sacrificial death of Christ and His resurrection that we can have new life and that we can have eternal life in heaven. And so, brothers and sisters, friends, we have hope through Christ. That even in the midst of this pandemic, this crisis, where the number of those who are being infected, getting infected, and dying from COVID-19 continue to rise, that there is hope in Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins. 
and believe in Him. He is Lord and He is Savior. Come before Him in prayer, in humility, and in faith. Ask for forgiveness of your sins. Repent of your sins and believe in Him. And God is faithful to His promise that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Now, as I close, let us keep sharing the good news, the good news of salvation and hope through faith in Christ alone. Let us share. Let us continuously share. Join me as we share the good news of salvation and hope through Jesus Christ. Last week, I did a surgery on a patient with, with an aggressive cancer. Uh, I wasn't even able to do uh, the intended surgery for that patient because when I opened up the abdomen of this patient, it was in, in a late stage already. So I just did a biopsy. I closed the, the incision and the next day I shared to her the gospel. And such is God's love for her that I believe it was not an accident that she was referred to me and I became her surgeon. Out of the many surgeons in Naga City, I was able to do the surgery, but not really do the, 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 the intended surgery. But most importantly, I was able to share to her about Jesus Christ. She prayed, she repented of her sins, and she believed in Jesus. And so the Bible says that whoever believes in him, in Jesus Christ, will not perish, but have everlasting life. Our hope, my friends, is not in the vaccine that hopefully may be given and be, be available in, in the next few months or the antibodies or the possible medicines that can uh, kill the virus. Because even if we survive COVID-19, we will still die of something else. And so in the end, God can take our life. But God can give us new life. He can give us eternal life. Yes, He can give that to you today. Believe in Him. Put your faith and hope in God. Now, our natural response to this is to praise Him. And so, let us praise God for who He is. He is a gracious God. He is a merciful God. He is a loving, a kind, a compassionate God. He is a great God. He is a good God. And He is a gracious God. 
And so join me as we sing this song as, uh, as a response of praise, of thanksgiving, and worship to God. To God be the glory. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my soul. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease. My all and all Here in the love of Christ I stand In Christ alone Who took on flesh Fullness of God in helpless babe this gift of love and righteousness Scorned by the ones He came to save Till on the cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on Him was laid Here in the death of Christ I live
We close in prayer. Let's bow down our heads and let's come before the Lord in humility and in faith. Shall we pray? Our gracious, our great, our good God, our loving and kind Father, we thank you that you are a good God. We thank you because you are a righteous God. You are a holy God. We thank you, Lord, that out of your standard, you have set the punishment for our sin. Yet out of your grace, out of your mercy, and out of your perfect love, you gave Jesus Christ to die for our sins, to resurrect and to give us new life, to reconcile us, and that through Christ our sins may be forgiven, and through Christ we can have eternal life. We can have an abundant life. We acknowledge, Lord, that we cannot save ourselves. We cannot offset the sins that we have done with the good works that we may also have done. For you have set the standard, and the only standard is through Christ. You have said that we cannot go to you unless we go through Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so, Lord, we acknowledge that apart from Christ, we cannot do anything. We cannot save ourselves. And today, we repent of our sins and we put our faith on Jesus. Lord Jesus, we surrender our sins. We surrender our lives to you. Lord, forgive us of all sins that we have done. Thank you for dying on the cross and for paying the penalty of our sin. That we, though we may die physically, we will not die spiritually. We will not suffer and we will not be punished in the lake of fire for eternity. Father God, we praise you. Lord Jesus, we praise you. Holy Spirit, we praise you for who you are and for what you have done to us. Thank you, Lord, because 
of your power to save us, to heal us, to give us hope, to give us life. And so, Lord, we entrust to you everything. We trust that your will is perfect. And we pray that your perfect will in our lives, in our city, in our community, in our country, in our nation, in our world, your perfect will, it will be done. And so, as a natural response, we are thankful, we are rejoicing, we are at peace, and we are praising you. Allow us, Lord, to praise you, not just for today, not just for this moment, but allow us to be able to praise you all the days of our life and even in eternity. We thank you, Lord. May your name alone be glorified. May your name alone be lifted up as we extol you, as we bless you, and as we praise you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. And amen. As I close, if you repented of your sins and if you believe in Christ as Lord and Savior, as you listen to this message, God speaking to you in a special way, you have made that decision to surrender your life to Christ. May I invite you to write down and, and send us a comment so that we can know you and so that we can pray for you. And if you have other prayer concerns, you have listened to this message and maybe you have prayer concerns, kindly let us know. Just comment your prayer requests, your prayer concerns uh, in this, in this uh, page and we would love to pray for you. God be the glory. May God's peace be upon us all during this time of uncertainty. God bless you.